Could the Preds and Maple Leafs be good trade partners? What will the Predators do with all of that draft capital? And what do we think of the future of hockey in Atlanta? Those are just some of the questions we got in today's edition of the Preds Mailbag. We will get to your questions today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Locked On Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, we appreciate you making us your first listen of the day. And a shout out to all of you loyal Locked On Pred heads who join us every single episode. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio. I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Also want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. All right, and let's get some Monday mailbag going, shall we? We solicited the interwebs for some great questions about the Nashville Predators. We got some juicy stuff about trades, uh, about picks, maybe players you would like to see jettisoned out, maybe Ooh. the prospect of a Predators rebuild. A lot of good stuff that comes in uh, mailbag. And, and you know what the best part is? What's that? We don't have to think of any topics ourselves. <laughs> I know. Well, it's so funny because as I look through these questions, I'm like, okay, everybody feels like we're all on the same page. Like we... We all, I think, have some big questions because of where the Nashville Predators are. Like, I feel like looking ahead, it is a lot of questions, a lot of questions. So we spent a lot of time this weekend kind of sorting through and sifting through some things and some stats and some numbers, some cash issues to answer some of these questions. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting to see where you and I are on the same page and where we're not. Yeah, it feels like there's... Based on the questions, there's a lot of Nashville Predators that kind of have the same major thoughts uh, in their ideas right now. Let's start with one from Barry Neal. This came from us on YouTube. Uh, This was kind of a conversation that came up in another thread yesterday on social media. He said, which core Leafs player is going to leave Toronto and could Nashville pick them up, potentially? Now, the reason this came up is, of course, Maple Leafs just lost uh, in the second round of the playoffs. And there's some chatter that maybe they move one of their big pieces uh, to clear up space to maybe get some more uh, bountiful depth pieces in there. Yeah. Yeah, and very interesting. I've read a couple articles kind of pointing in this direction for Toronto. And there's a part of me that looks at it on paper and I'm like, why would you do that? Because when you're looking at your core, you're looking at relatively young core. Like some of these players, I'm sorry, how is Austin Matthews in his mid-20s? Does he not look like he has like 45-year-old man energy? Yeah, it's, it's the hairline and the mustache. It's so shocking to me every time. Every time I am shocked by his age. 
but I think this is a very interesting idea. I am intrigued by the idea of, of maybe being little trade partners with yeah. Toronto. But do you really think Toronto's going to break up that that their Fab Four? If there is, let's talk about the like who we think is most likely to go. It's, okay. Unless something absolutely jarring happens behind the scenes, it's not going to be Austin Matthews. Nope. No. Uh, I don't think they would trade their captain, John Tavares. Don't think so either. Uh, and I think they really, really have grown to like Mitch Marner. He's become like a really good two-way player. He's on their penalty kill a lot. He's like a very versatile player. I don't think they would give Marner. That would leave William Nylander. Yeah. Uh, about it, was, it was a very talented player. Does yeah. a lot of things very well. Um, if you're the Nashville Predators, you're, is William Nylander the guy that you absolutely trade the farm for, thinking he's a centerpiece to build around? He is definitely somebody that I would be intrigued by. And I know it's so difficult with where the Predators are. I know that it's hard to figure out, are you going to grow some of that talent? Or because of the capital and cap space, are you going to go out and trade for some of that? And this is one of those where I would say, this is something I would definitely look into trading for. I like the idea of, of Nylander with the Nashville Predators. This is, I mean, he's 27 years old, which in hockey years is a little bit older, but you also have such a young crop of guys coming up through, you know, right winger. Just picture in your mind, if you will, Nylander on one side, Forsberg on the other. Yeah. I mean, and you put somebody like, is that somebody or are those two somebody who could pull out of Cody Glass that next level? You know, is that somebody if somehow Ryan Johansson is still here, which is which is something we'd have to talk about, you know, yeah. money wise. But I think about that and I think, OK, y'all, this is something that I think would be really interesting 40 goal scorer this season, you know, 87 points, his contract, you know, he's got a, a $6.9 million contract right around in that ballpark for another right. year or so. But I am telling you, this is something I could get very, very excited about. I like this. I like this idea. I, I do like that idea too. It's just like, is that really like what the predators need? I know that it's all, you know, obviously we'll take a player like William Nylander, but I feel like if you're going to break up some of this capital, you build in a player that is going to kind of be your centerpiece. Like, you know, we saw what the Florida Panthers did uh, last year to bring Matthew Kachuk in there. Mm -hmm. It appears to be working just fine. You know, is, is it the it same level as that? Maybe. I mean, w William Nylander's had a couple of good seasons, it's mm -hmm. I think still up to me. The other part of that, Han, is what the heck do the Nashville Predators give up? I mean, right. you, you let's assume like the Predators have two extra first round picks, and in the next three years, let's assume two of those are probably included in this deal. Would they go, okay, here's a here's a pick of our top prospects, you know, is a Yokim Kamel in there? How solid do you feel about UC Saros as your long-term number one guy that you go, is there a Yaroslav Askarov in this equation? Oh, gosh. Maple Leafs need a franchise goalie? Yeah. You know, is it that kind of thing? 
that is one of the things about dealing with Toronto that is kind of a red flag for me because I think you hit the nail on the head with what they're going to be out shopping for. They're going to want a UC Soros or, you know, yeah. I don't think everything that I have heard from David Poyle and Barry Trotz, everything that I have heard is that really and truly Soros is not somebody who's on the table. I think so too. Yeah. You know, and I don't see how you do a rebuild. Uh, if you trade Soros, you're pushing, you're pushing into a rebuild. You're not in a reset, my friends. You're looking, I mean, that postpones what you're going to be able to accomplish. I think by a couple of years to not have UC Soros. And I think it's a, it sets back Askarov. Um, I agree. So yeah. I'm not a huge fan of trading away a goaltender. So you're going to have to give them something else nearly as uh, important to them as a goaltender is. And I think that's going to be a lot of draft picks and a prospect. And where the Predators are, do you want to give up somebody like Joachim Kamel? Yeah, exactly. And that's going to be the million-dollar question for Barry Trotz. It's like, okay, how close are we with the people that we have yes. that maybe somebody like, you know, and the other part of the equation is do we feel confident enough of the players that made their debut last year? Like Luke Evangelista, mm-hmm. or we feel confident in the direction that Cody Glass and um, Phil Tomasino are going, that right. we can actually dangle a Joachim Kamel to make this happen and accelerate the people we do have? Or do we look at Kamel and be like, you know, with all due respect to the Evangelistas and Tomasinos, this is, this is the guy. Like, yes. this is the top guy. That's going to be the question I think that Barry Trotz uh, has to answer. Um, more questions coming up here in a little bit. Speaking of a rebuild, we have a couple of questions on that. We have a couple of questions about the impending youth movement and how we see that playing out. Plus uh, a couple of fun uh, personal questions that'll test Anne and I's taste. <laughs> I think, you know, one of them I'm talking about, Anne. I am Very so expected. ready. Yeah. And Anne was very hyped when she saw this question. Anyway. So plenty coming up in just a second. But first, want to mention today's show is brought to you by AG1. Great product by Athletic Greens. Keeping up with proper nutrition is really hard. Trust me, we get it. You're busy. You're stuck at your desk all day. You're eating whatever you can just to power through. But what if you could start your day with the ultimate daily nutritional insurance? With a single scoop of AG1 and a glass of water, you can do just that. When you do that, you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Athletic Greens knows the struggle you have with trying to keep healthy. In fact, it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, and it cost them $100 a day, which I think you and I know, probably not sustainable. So instead, he created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutritional routine on your own. And instead of paying for all of the different pills and supplements yourself, all you have to do is around $3 a day for AG1. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. 
That is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, and let's get to the next question, shall we? We were just talking about the rebuild. Mm -hmm. So let's get to one from Shadow Meister on Twitter. Do we see a full season, or I'm sorry, do we see next season a full commit to the youth movement? He mentions a, a top six consisting of Deshane, Forsberg, and four younger players, Rijo signing the third line. And a two part question mm-hmm. with Lincoln and re signed, will we see Askaroff next season in the NHL? Oh, those are really good questions. Let me dive into the second one first because it's the one that's going to stick with my memory the longest. Y'all, yeah. it's been a weekend. Yeah. Um, with Lankinen re-signed, do I think we're going to see Askarov next season? I think it's going to be a situation similar to why we saw him this season. I think there may be a situation where if, say, Kevin Lankinen is sick or if, and I don't even want to put it out there, knock on wood, if something were to happen to UC Saros for a little bit of a stretch, perhaps I could see him coming up. I think having watched uh, Yaroslav Eskarov, who you all know, I love this child. I love this child. But he is killing me in these Milwaukee Admiral playoffs. (laughs) He's killing me. He's playing very well. But he also just plays a very different style still. Um, So I think it would, I, I only think we're going to see him in the situation in which we saw him this year. Could we see him for a game? Maybe two, perhaps. I don't think we're going to see him long-term. And and as disappointing as that is because he is a phenom, he is so good for hockey in general. And I think fans are just so curious to get a more consistent look at him. I don't think it's he, it's not time quite yet. It's not time quite yet. So I think it'll be, if we see him, it will be the reason we saw him this season. I agree with you. I mm-hmm. think that the Predators, knowing uh, Skarov's backstory the few years before he came to North America, yes. I think they want to give him as much reps as a starter as possible. And I think they would rather have him spend another full season in Milwaukee as the starter than in Nashville where, you know, you're only playing once every couple of weeks behind UC Saros, Um, you know, and I think, you know, depending on how things go, maybe the year after that, you're looking at maybe him coming up with some more reps with Saros mixed in there. But I think mixed up or, you know, at at this moment, I think it's better for him to spend another full season in Milwaukee and be that emergency spot player in Nashville rather than, you know, committing a full season to sitting behind uh, Saros. Let's get to the other part of that question, Mm -hmm. which is, do we see a full commit to the youth movement next season? This is kind of the one that's throwing me off because I feel like the answer to the should we question might be a little bit different to the will we question. Yeah. Those words are two very different answers. And I think we've seen that in a number of circumstances with the Predators recently. Yeah. And the thing is, would we? Yeah. I mean, or no, I'm sorry. You know, the answer is, should we? Yes, absolutely. We should. Mm -hmm. I think the Nashville Predators need to do as much as they can to put their young players in position to succeed. You know, take the playoff chase out of the equation for a second you know, let's, let's try to get some of these young players up to speed. Let's see what we have in some of these prospects. I think that should be the goal next season. And you can mix in some veterans uh, with that as well. The Mm -hmm. question is, will we, 
And that comes out to what John Hines wants to do with the team, assuming he's the head coach. If he's back next year, he doesn't care about what the Preds are going to be like in two or three years. He cares about what the Preds are going to be next year. Yeah. Uh, because if the Preds aren't good, John Hines is gone. And I think yeah. he knows that. And so maybe this is the thing that's kind of holding up everything with, you know, the evaluation with Barry Trotz. We talked about that last week based on Trotz's comments on the coaching situation is it's, you know, John Hines might want to be like, no, I'm, I want to make this team as good as possible next year. Or Barry Trotz might want to be like, okay, we need to commit to the youth movement. And if it's, if it leans towards Hines, it's not a surprise if we see less patience with helping people to, you know, grow and maybe more into guys that, okay, they can play a role right now and help us win. And yes. that may sacrifice some playing time for younger, you know, players or players that go back to Milwaukee for more of the, you know, veteran trying to figure out a nice way to say this. And I know, I know, know the, ver- I know the players of whom you speak. <laughs> yes. More, more veteran types that may yes. not have as much upside. Right. Yeah. Right. Little more experience, maybe not as much pizzazz, hockey pizzazz, maybe. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think so much about those decisions are going to be about perspective. And when you listen to Barry Trotz and and David Poyle, but especially Trotz as he's going to be taking over in Mm -hmm. in July, you hear him talk about it. It sounds like he is all in on this rebuild. And it sounds like his vision is we're going to give the Evangelistas, we're going to give the the Kimmels, we're going to give the Tommy Novaks and you know, these players, this maybe the Spencer Stasneys, these younger guys, more ice time. Like we're going to invest in them. But I do think there may be a different perspective with John Hines. Yeah. Because yeah. he needs this team to succeed. And what success looks like for him is not a two to three year stretch. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have just, a two or three years. I don't think he has that. And part of that, as you weigh that out, is what makes me think maybe Barry Trotz is going to bring somebody else in because I think it's easier to get everybody kind of aligned with a fresh start. But then again, you're opening up that whole Pandora's box of who's going to coach the Nashville Predators next year. And I'm not sure you and I on a Monday morning are ready to open that lid dive into that no maybe not so much (laughs) yeah uh instead let's get to this question from nash pred on youtube how do you see the fan base acting during a rebuild (laughs) i love this question i do i love this question tell me what you think tell me how you see this going what type of rebuild okay nashville predators have never had a rebuild go wrong like, I can remember, Fair like, point. three very specific periods, which was the first period, uh, which the Nashville Predators were actually, it wasn't even a rebuild, it was just a build. Right. It was when they were building that first team that made that playoff run. Uh, the second one happened after that, you know, the Jim Balsilli fiasco, where the Predators almost relocated and had to sell off all their yeah. players. You just so happen to have Shea Weber, Pekka Rene, and Ryan Suter, and guys like Dan Hamhuis waiting in the wings to kind of be the next people up 
So that worked out well. Then you have like that period in 2013 and 2014 where who did you have waiting in the wings again? Roman Yossi, Matthias Ekholm, Ryan Ellis. And so all of those rebuilds went very well. So I think when the people are like, yeah, Nashville can rebuild. We've never experienced a rebuild gone wrong. Yes. And, and I, the expectation, my friends, expectations. Yeah. So, so how are the fans going to react to, let's say this is like the 2000s, 2010s Maple Leafs, where, yeah, there's a pretty good light at that end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. but how long are you willing to drive through that tunnel? Yeah. You know, and let's like, let's say this is, this is like year seven, year eight, all those prize gem prospects you picked up in the first you know, a couple of years of that rebuild don't pan out. You have to tear everything down and start over. Are our Preds fans going to really want that sort of a thing? Are they going to have the patience for that? Are we going see... to have the patience? Are we going to and... see the return of like the 12,000 fans at Bridgestone Arena every night? Yeah. Yeah. I think part of why. Nashville and David Poyle and Barry Trotz are so set on keeping Soros. And I know there's a, there's a portion of the fan base that are like trade him. He's, he's, he's what we have, but I think Soros is kind of the key to keeping it going completely off the rails. And I don't say that in a bad way. I'm saying, I think he shortens the time period a little bit and he gives you a little bit of grace. He's going to UC Soros is going to give grace for this process I think, you know, it's encouraging at the end of the year. I think the vibe that we got from the fan base by the end of this year was like, okay, wait a minute. Like we're having fun again. And I think what they loved to see was the young energy. It was the fight. It was the clawing, getting it done however we can, competitive vibe that the young players brought in. And I think feeling like they were not seeing that from some of these veterans since the 2017 cup run is part of what stirred the dissatisfaction among the fan base. It's like, you know what, we're missing that hunger. So I think in the short term, like next season, I think people are going to love going to Predators games. I think people are going to want to come back and say, you know, if Luke Evangelista makes the team out of camp, which friends if Luke Evangelista makes the team out of camp. That's another big if. There's another big if. Should it be a big if? That's an episode for another day. But I think when you're looking at moving forward, there is excitement again because you see the hunger of Tommy Novak, of Luke Evangelista. People are waiting to see Joachim Kimmel on the ice at Bridgestone Arena. But... I think you have to have like a Miley Cyrus kind of vibe as you're watching this team when she talks about her song, The Climb. You know, it's not about how fast I get there. It's not what's waiting on the other side. It's about the climb. Like you're going to have to embrace the steps of this rebuild. Like don't be like, can't wait to see Tommy Novak hoist the Stanley Cup next year, baby. Like yeah, embrace the climb. Just focus on getting a little bit better each season. How about that? Yes, I agree. I agree. Of course, we still have more questions. We've got questions coming up about all of these draft picks that Nashville has. Heaven help us. They are rich, my friends. We're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to tell you what Nick and I think they need to do. But first, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, 
Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. So you need to check out Game Time. It is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have killer deals on last minute tickets and they have a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets. You can start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I took a look at Game Time over the weekend, seeing what's coming up. Y'all, Billy Joel tickets this Friday night. I took a minute, go to my son's high school graduation, go to Billy Joel with great ticket prices from game time. I'm going to the graduation, but you can get Billy Joel tickets for a fantastic price on game time. And you can pull up the ticket and see where your seats are. Nashville SC, game on Wednesday. You wanna go and you decide Wednesday afternoon, check them out on game time. You can get great seats. You'll know that because game time gives you your view for a great price. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, all the events you're interested in going to see. And the Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, and let's dive back into the mailbag. Let's get to one from Preds Pack Fan 89. Uh, we talked to this a little bit. What do you think the plan is with the first round picks in the upcoming draft? You can say what you think the team will do and mention what you would do. Yeah. Um, I think we've heard from the scouts last week. We heard from the, the scouting department, the Nashville Predators. They are so pumped about this draft. This is a really deep draft, little forward heavy draft. I'm wondering if at 15, and I think you and I had talked about this. I think at 15, there may be a really interesting defensive prospect at 15. So I would not be surprised to see the Predators take a defenseman at 15 if forwards seem to kind of dominate the first stretch there. Uh Um, But the scouts will tell you they will take the next best player. So I don't think that they're going in and targeting a defenseman. I personally would love to see them pick a a defenseman. That's kind of where I would like to see the Predators kind of uh, fill the coffer a little bit more. Yeah. Um, But – I, they're going to take the next best player. And and it was a really interesting conversation. Maybe one of, one of these days we'll play some clips from that and just kind of talk through when we do some more draft coverage. But they're going to take the next best player. So I don't think they're necessarily set on it's going to be a forward or a defenseman. They're going to take the next best player. I personally would love to see them get uh, a high-quality defense defensive player and, and that's a, and that's about the range where i think the the top two defensemen are ranked there's not right. a lot of like first round quality defensemen in this draft not this year. um there's a, and i i think i i think the at, at this point maybe the best player available should be the move um maybe that is one of the two defensemen maybe there's somebody else that surprisingly falls out of that very loaded top 10 uh, so there's a lot of possibilities. And I think at the Nashville Predators, the only reason they're not going to have both picks 
is if there is somebody that you can get, like we talked about the William Nylander thing, Mm -hmm. if you can get somebody that helps, that is basically like going to be a centerpiece of your team that's already in the NHL right right now, like an NHL ready person. Uh, That's the only reason I think that Predators don't keep both of these picks. Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's that. Uh, Here's one from Boyd on Twitter. Should the Predators use some of their 400 draft picks (laughs) in the next few years to entice another team to take on the contract of Johansson, Duchesne, or Sissons? Mm. Okay. Not here for the Sissons talk. So let's, let's talk about each of those contracts. Colton Sissons, I think has a couple years left, but only like two million per year, somewhere yeah, around lower. that range. So that's yeah. not a that's not a heavy contract. And if you do want to trade Colton Sissons, it's probably not going to be hard to do that. Yeah, Matt Duchesne, that's the one that's like okay, like if you need to entice a team to take that off. But also Barry Trot seems uh, to really like Matt Duchesne's game. You know, he's a guy that's consistently on the top ten. That leaves Ryan Johansson, and we heard Barry Trotz talk about that. Yes, uh, about and that's I think kind of maybe one of the things that's like okay, what what's Johansson's future here? And yeah, that's an eight million dollar contract. That's a lot of money to a guy that maybe your third line center, but he's only got two years left mm-hmm. on that contract. In a period in which we think the Nashville Predators aren't going to be going balls to the wall to win the Stanley Cup, spending right. up to the cap and all that. So, you know, is it worth giving up like a high draft pick to get somebody else to take that salary off your books? Or is it better to just kind of sit back and say, there's only two more years of this and we can figure out a way to use them that doesn't hurt us long term? I think that might be the move for Ryan Johansson. I think you did enough this past trade deadline to clear up some long-term salary mm-hmm. that you, you made it in a situation where you don't really have to trade Ryan Johansson anymore. Yeah. Do you think if they try to bring in, just throwing it out there, Nylander, do you think they have to trade Johansson if they're going to bring in a bigger piece like that? Or you feel like, you know what, they can wiggle that in. I mean, it would be close, but I feel like they could kind of wiggle that in. They probably could wiggle that in, and especially if, you know, but the other part of that is, okay, you got, you know, William Nylander now. We probably need to get some other people to kind of play off him and accelerate this thing. So maybe that's when that comes in. Yeah. I think it's very interesting the way that Barry Trotz spoke about Ryan Johansson at the end of the season. And it was almost like Barry Trotz kind of threw down the gauntlet. Because he was very specific about Ryan Johansson's got to get his speed back. The game has gotten faster. He has not yet. And this is what I will say about Ryan Johansson. I will not, I am not ready to bet against this guy. You know, in, in talking with him, you know, locker room clean out, he realizes the situation he's in. Mm-hmm. He realizes that these young players are coming for his spot. And this injury that he had is a setback, but it is not an injury that I think will necessarily affect him long term. 
And I can see Ryan Johansson coming into training camp like a bat out of hell, my friends. Yeah. Um, so it's tempting as it is to say, let's dump Ryan Johansson's $8 million salary. And I agree with you. That's a lot to pay for somebody who very likely could be a, a third line center. Right. I think he may surprise people. I'm not ready to bet against Ryan Johansson just yet. And I agree with you. I think in the next two years, the Predators aren't going to necessarily be in a position to be so competitive. They're going to be in this process of resetting, rebuilding, whatever word you like best. And Ryan Johansson, whether he performs really well as a top line center or third line center, he's going to be good for these young players. I think uh, so too. He's going to give them not an inch. They're going to have to earn it. And, and I think that sandpaper from him is going to be going to be helpful. So you know, in theory, I think everybody's like, let's get rid of an $8 million center. Can we just not have two? And, and I get that, folks. But at this point, they may just let it ride. I think there are some people in the fan base that would prefer he give an inch. But, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, there's a couple of fun ones uh, to end on. First off, I would like to point out, I, I know this guy, good buddy of mine from college, uh, Fletcher Keel, mm-hmm. said, uh, should the Preds relocate to Atlanta? I'll hang up and listen. This guy, <laughs> this guy is a Thrashers fan, uh, yeah. Atlanta native, uh, just having some fun. But I will say there is a proposal for a new uh, arena north of Atlanta to try to lure an NHL team back. I Maybe mean... some other stuff. Uh, and is the NHL really going to go third time's the charm? <laughs> You know what? It's so strange to me because Atlanta is such a great city for, I think, just in sports. I think you've got the population. You've got, you. we're seeing Southern markets. I mean, hey, yeah. Florida. Hey, Carolina. I can't wait to watch it in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> NHL hates it, but NHL hates it, but it. we're here, y'all. We're here. Um, I don't know. Even Even the NHL might learn from two lessons, right? Yeah. So right. I I lived in Atlanta for four years. I worked yeah, sports there. And yeah. unfortunately, it was after the Thrashers already left. And I always asked about, you know, what happened to the Thrashers? And it was always, the consensus was, okay, you know, they kind of just set them up to fail. Like, hmm. you know, they put them at the stadium right in the middle of downtown, which if you know anything, Atlanta uh, is not fun to try to drive to. No. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people saying oh, if they would have built the stadium out north where the suburbs are, you know, you're going to get more of the people that play hockey because there are some pretty good youth hockey programs uh, up there north of Atlanta and, and Cobb and DeKalb counties. So, you know, there's there's maybe a better chance of you're putting a, a hockey team closer to your demographic. It's just such kind of a, a weird sports town. And there's yeah. a there's a melting pot of people from other cities moving down there. Um, you know, it, to, to me, it's just I think there there's probably some other cities in the in the uh, NHL sphere yeah. that probably would make more sense to field a team over Atlanta at this point. But again, like I love watching the Thrashers. I love the city of Atlanta. You know, they do care about sports um, and, you know, it would be fun to see them get another chance 
Uh, and it would be fun to see Saskatchewan get a team in 20 years when that eventually fails and the thrash and the new thrashers have to move again. So just continue yeah. the Western Canada train. Yeah. And uh, let's end on uh, let's well end on the one I know that you have been eyeing for the entirety of this thing. And that's a yeah. buddy from our buddy uh, or a question from our buddy, Jay Forster at locked on blue jackets. If this predator season was a Broadway musical, which on. one would it be? Come on. Okay. Uh, it's embarrassing how much time I spent on this, but I really want to nail this. So I have two answers. Okay. Um, number one is Susicle, which is a musical combining all of these different stories of Dr. Seuss, which you know are stories that in a lot of times don't make a ton of sense. It focuses on a couple of them, but weaves in characters from all these other ones. And a little bit, was that not the Nashville Predators season? Like nothing that's happening here is making sense. Um, Matt Duchesne lost his fingertip. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like yeah. it, it was a very Horton Hears a Who kind of season where it didn't make sense. But at the end, you're like, that was entertaining. That's a little bit yeah. the Seussical experience. Like you get done and you're like, ah, I was entertained. So that's my first one. My other one is one of my all-time favorite musicals. It's on Apple TV. Y'all need to watch it. It's well worth watching. It's called Come From Away. And it's a musical about Gander Newfoundland. True story where they, all of the planes that were supposed to be coming to the United States were rerouted on 9-11 to this small town, Gander Newfoundland, that had this large airport. And it was all about how different people from different walks of life came together and everybody kind of chipped in in their own little way to take care of 7,000 people that came into their town of 9,000 people. They almost doubled the population. And that feels a little Nashville Predators. You know, you have these different young players coming in. You have the Luke Evangelistas. You have the Spencer Stastny's coming in. You know, you have um, Tommy Novak coming in and, yeah. and everybody doing a little bit to kind of make something amazing happen in the end. So those are my two picks. Susical, which is an okay musical, and then Come From Away, y'all need to see it. It's on Apple TV. Yeah. So go ahead, watch those musicals, come back and comment if you think what Anna's yes. saying is absolutely correct. Because I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. Um, that's our mailbag for today. Thank you for everybody who sent in questions. There's a couple of them we didn't get to, but we will do them on another show down the road. We'll also have more coverage on the Nashville Predators later this week. Some report cards coming up. Draft coverage starts soon. So be sure to stay tuned because we have a lot in the pipeline for you. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com or follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Thanks to everybody for making us your first listen of the day. A reminder that Locked On Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available on all major platforms and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Predators on whatever platform you use and hit that subscribe button. That'll help us out. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators to stay in the loop and chat with us during the offseason. We will see you next time.